Hello and welcome to Off the Shelf with Phil and Dave, the movie talk show where each week one of us takes a movie off our shelf, presents it to the other, and discusses it at length. This week we've got coming off of my shelf, L.A. Story from 1991, written by Steve Martin, starring Steve Martin and uh, Victoria Tennant, and directed by Mick Jackson. Mick Jackson. David, how are you doing this week? Great. How are your things? What's happening? And... Uh, how, you, how, how are you feeling? How'd you enjoy the movie? Did you enjoy the movie? Uh, <laughs> all right. That's a lot of questions, Phil. So I've already forgotten all of them except for the most recent one. So I'll just go ahead and answer that one. I Excellent. had not seen the story. Now, I've heard about this movie. I've heard about this movie probably because you've mentioned it about a dozen times. You, you, you. Yeah, I was going to say, if, you, if you've heard about it, it's probably for yeah, me. Yeah, I, I just, I, I feel that you, it comes out of your mouth pretty, pretty often, and uh, it's been on your short list <laughs> for about seven years, maybe. That's the case. I don't know. Uh, I'm glad to finally tackle it, and so maybe you, you won't bring it up anymore. If that's uh, not likely. Um, not likely. No. Okay. So yeah. So I, I had no idea what to expect this movie. I didn't realize. The genre, I didn't know the Steve Martin of it all. I didn't know the the Mick Jagger of it all, or sorry, Mick Jackson. Uh, I had little. I didn't know Larry Miller was in it. There's a lot of things uh, about this movie oh, yeah, I didn't I know. I appreciate that. And it's probably because I'd never seen it. So that's my uh, what's going on with me. And I'll I'll tell you how I feel about the movie soon. I don't want to give it a, give it all away yet. I want to hear about some some history uh, of of you. Specifically, you, uh, but um, how it relates to this movie? Okay, so give me, give me, give me, give me what you got here. This is from '91, so you would have been about uh, you know 11 when it came out. So I don't know if you saw it in theater or not. Uh, tell us. I did not. I did not see it in theater. However, this was uh, heavily on the cable rotation on the movie network, and as you know, the the black box. So yes, this yeah, movie you speak was a very highly of that black box. Of course, of course. Oh my gosh, uh, <laughs> it uh, it was a movie that I probably liked. I thought it was pretty funny and kind of absurdist and a bit silly. But I was always a bit of an old soul, as they say, and um, I found this movie and still find this movie to be one of the most romantic movies uh, in my sort of collection. I think it's a movie that I find incredibly moving, very sweet. I find myself emotional when watching it, but also I just happen to love, you know, we've talked before about uh, comedies and zaniness or silliness that I don't particularly enjoy, like in the uh, Chris Farley uh, oeuvre, that type of silliness or that type of extravagance. And uh, we talked a little bit about with uh, Liar Liar as well, where put that type of character into a real setting and I don't buy it, I'm out, I don't enjoy it, I find it overwrought and so forth. Whereas I watch mm -hmm. this movie uh, for the podcast and I think, well, this is such absurdist kind of humor where the silliness and the zaniness and the sort of wackiness, if you will, um, still live there in what feels like a very real world, but there's so many fantastical elements and everybody kind of per per participates in that uh, I'm willing to accept it. Uh, in a way, in this movie, in ways that I maybe am you know, not quite so willing in others. Yeah, well, Steve Martin. So um, I have to, Steve Martin seems see a little bit drier presentation, perhaps, than Jim Carrey. Because I'm thinking, how would you feel about Jim Carrey as a weatherman, not a lawyer, <laughs> but a weatherman? Probably, I would give more leniency to that profession. Agreed. Uh, and then you add the Steve well, Martin they, they into know, it, and then yeah, they know enough in this movie, right? You know, again, Martin wrote it. Um, he did. He knows enough to put himself in the wacky weatherman persona, you know. So mm -hmm. it allows him to sort of take on the the fantastical, silly, funny elements of the kooky guy while keeping it fairly maintained to that one sequence. I mean, obviously, there's that funny line later where it's uh, I thought you, I heard you had a PhD in arts and humanities. And a lot of good it did you, right? Like so, it'll it 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 allows us as an audience, I think, to accept this character as both sides of that coin. Mm -hmm. Someone that's fairly educated and, and a bit, you know, cerebral, if you can call it that, uh, while still maintaining a level of silliness and kind of goofiness. And uh, I think this characterized that line very well, and I think the movie overall does. Steve so does. Very it's a movie I've loved for a long time. 
Uh, it's February, and it's uh, you know it's a little time for love uh, this week. So uh, I thought, uh, what a great time to watch one of my most romantic movies, and watched it uh, with my girlfriend. And uh, true to form, we didn't discuss anything afterwards. <laughs> I'd be but, worried uh, if you did. <laughs> uh, but I'm pretty sure she enjoyed it. So that's good. Uh, I love it. I love it. I love a lot about it. So, Dave, as someone that is at times strangely picky around things you'll accept and not accept in movies, I wonder how much you were willing to uh, let your mind go and your body follow uh, this movie in its <laughs> in, in its in its endeavors to kind of be a little bit goofy and silly at times well you know it, it didn't uh, it's like absurdist yeah it didn't like if we want to like right at the beginning uh think okay this is interesting this is peculiar and we'll, for example because i think it's really early on if not the beginning is him driving to work and yeah, very soon after the title sequence yeah yes so i'm thinking okay we're dealing with that and i sort of had mixed feelings phil was i prepared for such silliness in my state of mind uh, I didn't really expect it so it was a bit of a curveball but ultimately it's a it's a can't beat them join them situation so it's the, the silliness and absurdness isn't going to disappear if it's in the first few minutes usually it's not going to switch gears yes uh, it might bring some other uh, elements in but the silliness will still remain so I, I decided pretty early on to if I'm gonna, uh, you know, enjoy this movie, it's best in my best interest to allow this silliness and absurdness in and see what uh, it can bring uh, to the table, and and mm-hmm. and see if that silliness was a hey, that's silliness and it's silliness that I like. Uh, so yeah, I I was pretty accepting of it uh, generally. It did take a few minutes to warm up though. Yeah, that's fair. Again, uh, that title sequence. Which I love. I love the song La Mer. Uh, I, I enjoy the choreographed, you know, going out to get the newspaper and the sort of silly architecture in L.A. I think it does a very good job very early on to sort of Big set doors. a tone. And as, as you just doors. said, if you're exactly if you're <laughs> into it, I think you can really embrace the movie it. really does sort of welcome you that way. But if you're if you're already put off by that kind of oddness, let's say, then certainly talking to a signpost or the uh, the sort of silliness around the restaurant or, you know, all of the sort of uh, mystical even uh, ramifications of the movie will likely not pay off, right? So similar mm-hmm. to Out of Sight, which we go back to often, oh if you don't buy that piece, then the rest of it might fall <laughs> apart. So I'm happy to know that you were willing in this instance to uh, allow it to, uh, as you say, embrace. For the most part. The uh, reality of that. For the most part. I want to I wanna be clear. There are... Uh, really just one thing that I just never really got on board with. And uh, I'm not going to tell you right now. I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. I'm going to let Wonderful. people, people I'm, wonder. I'm happy to hear it. Now, this director here, Mick Jackson, uh, known for... Volcano. The <laughs> movie Volcano. Uh, <laughs> on my shelf. I've never seen Volcano. Oh, so Pierce Bronson. speak to its quality. No, never mind. That's Dante's looking- peak. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, it's Tommy Lee Jones. Sorry, Tommy Lee Jones. Yes. Yeah, I figured you should know. Yes, your favorite actor, yeah. um, but he's 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 not directed anything that really stands out to me other than that one, obviously in the Bodyguard. But uh, mm. I think his work in this movie is fantastic. I love the stylistic choices. Uh, again, I think he shoots the the city very cool, like well. I think the the comedic beats are very funny in the way that he edits together those. I think is really effective. Yes, and I think they handle all of the as I said mystical a couple of scenes a little bit kind of halfway through the movie a little bit later where I find uh, the pace in which he, he'll slow down the movie. It's a tight 90, but he, he slows the movie down when it is appropriate. And yet the movie I don't find ever drags. So it's a, it's a good balance. It, it sort of focuses us where it needs to be. I think tonally the movie is really well shaped and um, I think it's got some great shots. So uh, from a directorial standpoint, I think, it's pretty solid for an for a director that I've really not heard much of. I think he handles the yeah. tone very very well. Have you have you seen Temple Grandin? Because that seemed to to fare well. It has uh, somebody you love when David Strathairn. It's got Claire Danes, I've never seen that movie, uh, no. Catherine o- uh, O'Hara. Anyways, it seemed to have been well received, and that's the, sort of the other movie that he's um, known for outside of this one, The Bodyguard and Volcano. 
Uh, it came out in 2010. I thought you would have uh, chosen Clean Slate with uh, Dana Carvey, your uh, your boy. I do but, love Dana, uh, but I, I never not saw that movie. Um, I never saw the movie either. Not on the movie level, but this was in 2010, so this was a a later film. I guess he, he either took a break or just made bad movies that didn't come up for known for. So uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, quite possible. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've never seen it. Well, uh, maybe you Steve Martin. Uh, we I think we talked before. Steve Martin. You hadn't really, I think, had ever seen a Steve Martin movie or. No, uh, no, he's we spoke about uh, that a few weeks ago. Yeah, he's a guy that's never really interested me. Uh, I have watched every episode of Only Murders in the Building, and I love the mm-hmm. Martin. I love the Martin short of it, and Steve doesn't hurt the the show in any way. And I kind of like his character. He's a good. Um, there's a good chemistry there. He's he's a different character than Martin Short, so it uh, it works. Yes. They obviously are are joined at the hip. As they do most of their their talk shows together and uh, and all sorts of stuff. Certainly together. later on in life, for yeah, sure. Yeah, more of a later. Yeah, exactly. Like now, in the last like few years. So, yeah. Yes. Again, I, I I I think the when I see the Pink Panther uh, trailer come up, I think yeah, that's those, don't those that's an absurdness I'm not interested in. And um, agreed. And I but I of course I did like I like his tamer characters, but not really f- for the comedy of it it's just he plays a straight man in my opinion pretty good and he's just easy to easy easy to watch really so uh, i didn't mind him in this yeah role. i i love him i think uh you I do feel like my memory was that you you didn't really uh care for him that much and i'd say i'm not drawn to him. a couple of steve martin movies off it so this mm-hmm. was uh, the first one i got another couple in my mind that maybe we'll touch on but i find okay. again he's just a he's he's a I find him hilarious, and 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 obviously there's movies like you know Cheaper by the Dozen that I couldn't care less about, um, yeah. but in this, let's say late '70s, you know, from the Jerk all the way through Bowfinger, and you know up to 2000, I would say he's got an 80 percent, maybe more, success rate to me. I I I, I I'll particularly go for the, go to the mat for him, but in particular I want to talk a little bit about the writing. So obviously he wrote this movie. Um, he wrote a movie called Roxanne. I'm not sure if you ever saw that. Uh, I've heard. Um, is there a, is there a big nose in that? Yeah, it's a retelling of the Cyrano de Bergerac story uh, nope. with uh, Daryl Hannah. Uh, fantastic yeah. movie. I really like that. Another really romantic, sweet one. Uh, and he wrote a couple books. Now, a couple books that I read that I, I really really loved. Uh, Shop Girl, which I think is a really good book that they turned into a very mediocre movie. Um, and a movie called a book called the The Pleasure of My Company. Now, both of those I thought. He's he's just a, a really good writer. He's very smart uh, and also very sweet and kind. Uh, the Pleasure of My Company's got got some interesting stuff in it, and it's got a couple of really sweet romantic moments similar to Shop Girl. And I find this movie, as I mentioned earlier, to be just incredibly romantic and sweet. And and he at the time was married to Victoria Tennant, uh, who plays I heard. Uh, Sarah. Yeah. And it, it reads to me like a bit of a love letter to this woman. And I think, obviously, it's tough to watch, in hindsight, relationships that you know ended. Um, I remember watching an uh, Emmy win from Bradley Whitford at the, on the West Wing, and his wife at the time was uh, Jane Kaczmarek from Malcolm in the Middle. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was just on stage just saying the, the sweetest, kindest things about how much he's in love and like you know how inspirational and all of this sort of stuff and divorce divorce next day. i i don't <laughs> i don't doubt it but but you know soon thereafter you know there's maybe not soon but years later there's a divorce so it does hamper some of those words but um having you know loved and lost like we all have on some level it feels very true in the moment so i look at this as a really sweet movie made for a woman that he loves in a way that uh uh, stands out. I think it's one of the it's one of the the best ways to convey that uh, without being too schmaltzy. You know, it's not necessarily um, a rom com in the, in the traditional senses. Uh, it's not mm-hmm. a straight romance movie like a no, Notebook, no. you know, no. or something like that, where it's so schmaltzy and and heavy handed. I find this really it's is a perfect unique. melding of of comedy and romance without being a romantic comedy if that makes sense oh it, it does and one thing i, I sort of have a, a bit of an issue with is maybe I, I didn't necessarily uh understand the the romance itself i'm like i'm not sure why these two people like each other i didn't quite grab it it's a look there's a look here there's a look there but 
I'm like, eh. And then I think that's, it's, I mean, that's not really, uh, I mean, that's just my opinion of it. But because that's not really what I was in it for anyways, I said, you know what? I'm really just going to cling on to the silliness of it. And I'm just expecting what's the next silly thing that's going to happen. I really wasn't really worried about where the romance was, what what it was doing, where it was leading. It wasn't my primary sort of interest in the film, let's say. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, uh, like I, I just I didn't really, you know, not to be cold, I just didn't really care if they got together in the end. I, I really didn't care. I wasn't, I wasn't about that uh, in this movie, maybe because it took a lot to say, you know what, this is silly, I have to go with the silliness, and I didn't have any room for romance, Philip. And I've been, that's been said to me, Dave, you don't have any room for romance. But I did get my wife some flowers uh, and some ch- a big chocolate hearts. And a beautiful card, Philip, made me cry when I read it. I didn't write it, but I read it, and it made me tear up a bit. Mm-hmm. I got her some fruit because we were out of fruit. So I got some some apples and some That's oranges. The, the best gift I can think of really is fiber. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fiber and flowers yeah there you go some eh? fibrous apples yeah i know that's that's a, a great yeah. idea no wonder yeah. she's so in love with you <laughs> yes one of many reasons but uh <laughs> uh but yeah that's just sort of my uh where i stand on it but that, and that's okay that's okay i know this movie kind of you you really were more into that as you said it, it seemed to move you and you felt it like the, the romance of it really kind of kind of hits you in the in, in the heart there and uh I, i'm envious of that and i'm happy for you but uh it just didn't do it for me well eventually you'll reveal yourself to be human i don't know <laughs> what or when uh but if magnolia and this movie don't cause you to feel anything whatsoever then uh maybe i am dealing yeah. with an android of some kind <laughs> yeah call me lore i don't yeah. care i don't people <laughs> die people break up whatever whatever uh, <laughs> don't care uh, well I mean, I, i'm kind of like uh i'm kind of like jessica sarah parker's relationship with her man there's a, there's a you know there's, oh, there's an understanding it's... amongst them <laughs> yeah <laughs> creepy oh, but anyways, we'll, we'll get there uh, <sighs> absolutely absolutely so as we said the the movie kind of opens i'm surprised that uh, again that you didn't connect at all with any of the romance because i really think this is the entirety of the movie have you ever seen a movie uh groundhog day uh, of course bill murray yeah okay yeah. uh this movie feels very that movie sir i should say it feels very similar to this one uh yeah uh, and uh, you do you mean like a in, level of in the romance category or just the fact that it's, it's doing it's weaving romance into a comedy I think all of it. I think that okay. it's a very fantastical story. You have to really buy into the fact that this guy is reliving his day over and over again through some sort of intervention that doesn't make any real sense. And the implication is that it is for love and romance and joy, and that is the the undercurrent of that entire movie. And this movie, I think, has very similar undercurrents, right? It's designed... Yeah. It's a romantic story, so the stuff while he's driving is funny. It has nothing to do with the real plot of the movie, um, which is about love in this in this superficial artificial city that he lives in, right? Which is which is the the whole kind of conceit yeah. of the movie is the and he says it even right at the beginning um, where he's talking about you know in Hamlet you know life is a uh, a bunch of noise effectively you know signifying nothing at the end uh, a lot of hullabaloo. So anyway, it's just a, <laughs> it's a fascinating thing, and they kind of address those things fairly early on, as we talked about with some of the introduction uh the title sequence and stuff you get a sense that this is not just a silly movie but it's it's he's kind of presenting this city la as a pretty silly city uh to live in whether it's the architecture or it's the big hot dog blimp going by it's the pools on the roof it's uh the driving scene all of those things the shootout later on the highway which you know these are all things that obviously are so absurd but many of them obviously not the shooting but the many of them are the realities the valley girl that sarah jessica parker plays those are things sure, that yeah, exist and he just exaggerates it in a way that's exactly yeah. kind of heightened yeah. realities and um, guess what i don't mind it's a good choice i don't mind i mind that once you understand what they're doing i mean i didn't get all of it like i didn't get like the the driving the first day of spring yeah uh, me neither i don't understand that either yeah no, but I, I didn't even in 91 yeah i assume it's something and i'll i'll i'll, I'll I'll, I'll I'll go with it, uh, but mm. I kind of I like a movie if it's done in a certain way. When you when you're doing the whole 
comedy through exaggeration. I don't always love it. Uh, it really depends on its presentation and their choices. But generally, I, for one reason, I, I thought this movie in particular did it the way I like it to be done. So that was sure. uh, that was a win. That's great in, in that regard. Yeah, huge. huge. Well, even like little things like uh, like walk and uh, like don't walk. Like those are things that are very Californian um, in their in their tone. So yeah, I, that's I really the sense think I those got, yeah. those early scenes are pretty funny because some of them I think are just typical, as you're saying, stereotypical of of California. And then things like the shooting on the freeway. I think that's more to do with shootings on the freeway which were kind of gross in the early 90s in terms of open season and the sort of laps that that's uh, supposed to be it's actually okay. my least favorite moment uh, uh seen in the whole movie actually is it just oh like, wow not because of guns or violence they don't really care about like it's not something political i just mean i just don't like that scene i think it's kind of it's too silly uh in a way that doesn't i, don't, I just don't connect to it it's the only one in the movie where i'm like eh, it's too far i'm okay <laughs> with almost everything else okay um that's good that's just yeah uh, yeah they do a couple of times he kind of plays this again we talked about the editing and some of the tone there's the sequence after the driving he's gotten to work on time and he, he goes in and he's he's talking about how he needs integrity and dignity and it's it's the news and it's we're doing something important i can't be demeaned by being on a parade and waving and this and that and then we cut to him being the wacky weatherman. So there's this juxtaposition again of, <laughs> uh, yeah. and that's a sort of a joke that they use a couple of times where something's happening off screen. Uh, there's that great scene a little later in the museum where he's going on and on about this painting and how uh, sexual and uh, almost perverse. And it flips it fine. You know, the, the, the cut it cuts it to the overshot and it's a red painting. You can't see any of that. Right. So there's these sort of humorous jokes that I think are, I think pretty sophisticated for the type of movie it's trying to tell. Again, you go from the zaniness and the wackiness to this kind of editorial joking, and I, I found that to be kind of funny and, and a bit telling of the character where he wants to be taken seriously, but mm -hmm. he can't help but act like an idiot. And he says later uh, that great yeah. line about being an idiot. Uh, it's the idiot's that, yeah. uh, ver version of uh, showing off, or showing off is the oh, yeah. version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, <sighs> that's yeah. I can, yeah, definitely. I think that's maybe why I found him a little bit relatable is the whole being an idiot part yes exactly yeah he says sorry later it's the uh it's the idiot's version of being interesting you know if i uh, and he talks about showing off as being a way to try and impress a girl or whatever else i think we've all been there on some level or not yeah every day did you see uh did you see woody were you oh, were <laughs> surprised did, did i see, see woody harrelson there it didn't sound like I know woody. you're a sitcom it, guy more than your movie guy so i, I you'd recognize the larry uh, millers and the woodies <laughs> I mean, I fell asleep watching Cheers yesterday for a good solve after, you know, a couple episodes. Actually, I, I didn't get too far into the episode. I fell asleep. But, I mean, it didn't sound like him. His voice wasn't like like the Woody that I know from Cheers primarily. Uh, but, yeah, it's uh, certainly him, and uh, it's always a pleasure to see him. This would have been – yeah, he would have been in Cheers already, yes, because this was 91. He joined Cheers – season three or four or five which would have been uh 86 so yeah he was well actually would have been maybe well, even done cheers at this point i think it was a little later than that but uh you're right you're no you're right it went uh, 82 11 seasons it ran to 93 you're 100 right good job i was testing yeah. you philip but this is around the time he's doing things like uh, white men can't jump and he's about to do uh indecent proposal and so forth so he's just oh, sort of yeah. towing towing the water uh in the movie front but it was nice to see him uh, um and um yeah, a few cameos in this movie that, uh, I mean, we never saw Larry Miller again. I'm like, oh, this movie's going to be amazing. It's got Larry Miller. And then he, yeah. you never see, after lunch, he's gone for the rest of the movie. He's gone. Richard E. Grant. Uh, John Lithgow was cut out of the movie. But oh. uh, he, around the time of Woody, he's got one of the great lines uh, Steve Martin does where he talks about how he was educated with a banana and an inner tube. Uh, and that's why mm -hmm. he doesn't get the, the humor. Uh, I thought that was really funny, and I thought about you when I heard it. Oh, that's nice. Always nice to be thought of. <laughs> Even <laughs> I'll take what I can get. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, uh, the next scene is Mary Lou Henner, another Mary Lou star from Taxi. Yeah, arguably, arguably. I didn't. I never, never liked Taxi. Maybe it's just because it was before my time. I didn't. But I, I watched a few episodes. I just uh, no, it wasn't for me. And she well, was nominated. She was on Evening Shade during your time, yeah, so maybe you saw that. I don't know. But. Burt, uh, Burt Reynolds, I believe. Yeah. 
No, yep. didn't watch it either. Yeah, I know. I knew of his existence, anyway. but uh, yeah, yeah. Mary Lou Henner, you know this this movie was nominated uh, for three awards, and one of which, them was <laughs> yeah, wh- yeah. Good question. The the first one I actually sort of recognized something called Felix. Um, no. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Best original screenplay. Okay. Sure. And then there's another nomination for American Comedy Award. So that's just being pretty. And then I was uh, Funniest Actor in a Motion Picture. Obviously, Steve Martin. And then American Comedy Award again, Funniest Supporting Actress in a Motion Picture. And that was, uh, yeah, Mary Lou. So I don't know. Not uh, <laughs> great, great stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, great, a lot of great stuff there. Uh, Mary Lou Henner, uh, she's certainly uh, worth talking about uh, for a little bit anyways. She wasn't very, uh, what's the word, nice in this one, but uh, I can certainly relate to the moment where she was getting ready for lunch and he was ready and she was not. That was very relatable to my wife. Where I'm always yeah. I wondered if that was if that was unique <laughs> to uh, to this movie. It, obviously, in my experience, it isn't. So, uh, no. Most men I know are in the same boat. We're yeah often ready sort of go. standing around waiting, and we think, "Oh, this is the moment. Grab my coat. Oh no, no, wait, nope, never mind. No, but yeah, put we're waiting down. in the car for another ten minutes. Yes, that's right, that's right. Yeah. But I did like the that key, they paid it off by the fact that they're he's stressed out. He wants to get gone and get gone and get gone, and they arrive. But appears to yeah, be forty-five minutes late, and yeah, the first yeah. one. So there's a there's some humor in there. I thought that was really funny, um, and the the sort of speech around like you look ready, and then I get ready, and then I don't realize that I'm misreading the single the signals and so forth. Uh, it's a pretty funny scene overall, um, and then yeah, the lunch scene I thought is uh, yeah, this were funny. Yeah, that's where there's a a, this, a a big scene, right? It's it, 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 we're there for the lunch for a good ten minutes or so. Uh, and it really gives us an opportunity to let the humor sort of breathe a little bit and really kind of, you know, up all the way to the, like, the earthquake, which I found <laughs> sort of funny because, again, it's an exaggeration. Uh, L.A. gets a lot of earthquakes, as, as we know, or California in general. So I thought I, I, I appreciate yeah. them trying to have a little bit of fun with that. Yeah, I thought it was hilarious. I really love that entire lunch scene. And it's another sort of misdirection, if you remember, he's talking on the way to the lunch with his I'm tired of kissing people I'm not going to do it anymore I'm fed up I won't do it I won't do it and then of course cut to oh my god it's so nice to see you kiss kiss on the cheeks and so forth so it's (laughs) another sort of subversion of these like I'm never going to do that again it's just it's a bit easy I suppose from a filmic perspective but I find it always it always is funny to me Uh, and the lunch scene in general the half caffeinated half calf with a a lemon uh, is really funny yeah that's right. Uh, I like the, the 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 movie reviewer. He talks about how he's going to about to give the movie an eight, but he had bad parking, so he gave it a four, uh, which is kind of funny. And then the earthquake scene I, I, is the best to me. I, I think the, how nonchalant everyone is around it. And if you notice, there's one shot where there's just a whole table basically yeah, rolling just, behind just them. Moving. Yeah, it's so yeah. silly and yet so completely hilarious. And uh, it's the second best af- thing, though. A- accurate. You're- the earthquake second funniest funniest one is you've been um, practicing the art of conversation <laughs> and she just says yes yeah. and then there's just awkward <laughs> silence and it's just the, the timing of it is perfect the how like how long they hold it for is perfect and it's just delivered uh, to perfection and I, I really it's really made me <laughs> snicker I had a good snicker there Phil yeah I love it. I think it's that's hilarious. I have the same thing. I, I think that's probably the funniest, uh, funniest moment. Yeah, of that and scene for sure. can you can you spot the Star Trek Six actor in this scene? They're only in this scene, and they're in Star Trek Six. And I'm like, oh, I know mm-hmm. you. No, Kevin Paul okay. uh, has not appeared. <laughs> in Star Trek. I think you're thinking of Christian Slater, perhaps. But it was the one of the one of the women. And she was on that that prison planet that was trying to get Kirk and Spock. Oh yeah, Iman, of course, Iman. Yeah, That's, uh, David Bowie's ex uh, wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there you yeah, go. I don't know why I didn't think that. Of course, because you're Iman, an idiot. Yes. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, it's fair. That's fair. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, Sarah Victoria Tennant has one of my favorite lines in this movie, where she says, uh, "I keep thinking I'm a grown up, but I'm not." And I think there's a there's a certain part of me as I get older in life that. Uh, I wrestle that. with that distinction at times mm-hmm. where sure. I should be more concerned with grown-up things 
and I'm really not. And at other not. times, um, I ran away from the grown up things because I didn't want to be, and so forth. So I really, it's a cute line in the movie. It doesn't really, it's not pivotal, but it's a line that I, I, the way in which she delivers it, and just the reality of it, and the 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 philosophy behind it, um, it made me both kind of chuckle and kind of think a little bit. So I really enjoyed cry. it. Cry, cry a little bit. Yeah. No, not yet, yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. But he does yeah, start yeah. talking. They talk about the Shakespeare stuff in the early part, and then at this point, he talks about what I would say starts in- intercutting the mystical side of the movie, where he talks about how I'll always, you know, the three mystical places on the planet or whatever else, the mm. ruins, oh, voiceover, such right? and such. And a little voiceover, and then yeah, and and the the cafe where I first saw her and where I first touched her goes slow mo. Um, those are all things that. Uh, I think are again. I'm I'm in for those moments. The the sweetness and the romantic uh, of any of these movies I find really connected to me. I really feel connected to oh, them. You're a sucker say. for it. And you're a sucker for it. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And so something like that right away. I, I it does not take me much to buy into any relationship, frankly. But this one in particular, where if you're presenting that line of dialogue, and it said if you're looking at it, if I as I'm looking at it as a love letter to his wife, there's something really beautiful about that. And so having that scene and talking about it in that kind of way in which, you know, touching somebody, I will always remember, like I can remember where I first met my current girlfriend. I can remember exactly where I met my ex-wife. I can immediately think of the first time I saw so-and-so. It's a pretty powerful memory to have, even if uh, the relationships have gone south. Those are key moments. And and I, I, I really thought very succinctly, uh, he he really kind of nailed it. Yeah, I, I, I'd argue if I could, Philip. <laughs> of course you would. I love the f- love uh, at we, first sight. Love, I love the love at first sight thing. Doesn't so sound I did like get. It. I, no, I shut up. I do. Um, I, I really do in real life, not in movies. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, ah, but okay. I, but I got the sense of that at the lunch. Right, they make up this eye contact. And, and, and yeah, stuff, they're kind so. of f- eye flirting with one another, and he's kind of napkin and kind of watching her kind of be silly and goofy. She pulls out a boomerang out of her purse, like some very odd behaviors. And he's obviously infatuated of her because as he's as they're leaving the lunch, he gets in the car and oh, drives off Mary Lou behind, <laughs> right? Like so, he's clearly yeah. kind of lost in his thoughts around her. So I really thought that was really cute. Now, what is also something to catch your eye is uh sjp sarah jessica parker entering yeah. the movie right now at the uh absolutely the, the clothing store here mm-hmm. uh what Pan, are your thoughts on this pants. scene do you find uh, her enjoyable uh and the, know, movie, the scene in general how do you like it she's very animated uh as you say yes. uh you know i don't know this character in la so i didn't really kind of piece that together I was just mm-hmm. okay. She's just that's who sh- this person is, and I thought she played it really well. Uh, a little obnoxious, I would say, but not to a level of I'm not enjoying it. So I had yeah, really okay. no qualms anytime she was on screen. Uh, I thought she played that character really well. There was breasts uh, in this scene, and I'm you know me, I'm never against the idea uh, of a quick uh, moment there. Just for I don't know why I don't think dressing rooms are really like that, but maybe again it could be an exaggeration of L.A. Right? Possibly that would, that would you never know with this movie if it, when it's being serious because obviously there's serious moments, but maybe what you think is serious is actually an exaggeration. So uh, yeah, no, and n- pants were a little bit too white uh, for me. If you want to talk about the pants briefly, but back to SPJ or SJP or. SJP. Yeah. Uh, I thought she was lovely. Generally, I liked her character. Yeah, so I much. Loved, uh, so much, Philip. We I'll, might see her again soon. Who knows? Who knows? Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I I really like Martin in this conflicted kind of gawkery type of uh, situation. He's a you know, when he's when he's yeah. when he's looking at all the 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 women in their underwear and so forth and. She says, "Do you like what you see?" And his his yeah. delivery of "Yes" uh, is really uh, funny. And then also when she goes and measures his inseam, 
where he says, oh, he's nice. Uh, those are deliveries <laughs> that are very Steve Martin and del- like work for me every time. He's 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 yeah. hilarious, and, and that's a scene where I think he gets to uh, showcase yeah. that. I love it. And I she's great. It. She's great when she's like sliding underneath them, like like she's on like yes. a, like she's a mechanic going on one of those That's little right. trolleys underneath a car to to work on the car. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, really good. So we got about twenty minutes into the movie, and we get to see him interact with the street sign for the first time. Uh, we noticed if you noticed earlier, there's a there's a fleeting shot of a guy standing underneath a street sign, the same type of street sign. Uh, as they're driving past, so there there is a bit of a a bit of a tip of the hat, as it were, to what's coming, and we now see the most really fantastical piece of the movie, and, and runs throughout. So, at this point, we've talked before. Are you you've already abandoned your silliness? I suppose you've welcomed it, you've absorbed it. Now, did you uh, buy into this? Have any questions, or think uh, this is stupid? I hate this movie. Why are we watching it? I, I wouldn't go that far, but I will say it's one of the few things I did not really like. Um, the main thrust of the movie is yeah. not the thing that you like. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't really, their choice of using that, I just, I don't know, it just didn't, it was just too much for me. I just, I couldn't get on board, but at the same time, I still accepted the fact that this is the vehicle to sort of push the plot, so I accepted it. And but at the same time, I wasn't thrilled about it. So let's just call it call it square. Yeah. Okay. I, I wasn't like, oh, this is cool. I like this. I just I don't know. I just I just wasn't. Uh, there's a million ways to do it, and it's perfectly fine, I guess. I mean, it's we've already established this is a silly movie, so you can really do whatever you want. Uh, you have free reign. Yeah. Uh, I just I don't. Yeah, that just wouldn't have been my choice. But it's not. I didn't. It wasn't up to me. And I just, but I didn't, I didn't let it take me out of the movie though. So that's, that's the important thing. It really is. Uh, ultimately, uh, as the, as we talked about the vehicle by to propel the story forward, I love it. I think it's, it's clever. I think it's unique. I think it's, it's, uh, presented in a way that's obviously not real, but, but you can appreciate, um, the, it's not real. But it's acceptable. <laughs> I, I like the idea that you know the first thing he wants is a hug, and yeah, I didn't like that know, at all. And oh, Martin so feels, <laughs> I think it's there's a feeling like uh, in an animate object. Sure, I, I don't know. Again, I, I maybe have a, a, a deeper imagination or willingness to accept certain things like this uh, in this context. For, uh, anyway, science, maybe yeah. I just think that uh, people fucking need hugs and need to fucking connect people with their do. emotions and it, and and I people don't do, think yes. that uh uh you know at this, at this point you know Harris hasn't you know really touched on anybody in the movie so I think it's as important as anything to uh to connect it's with that Mary emotion Lou. to sort of to he he not, never he hasn't touched her in this entire is that, movie. Is he not getting that from Mary Lou Henner? I got the impression that was a very rock solid relationship there, very mutual, very respectful, no? I guess I missed. She's been that cheating one. on him for three years, so <laughs> three. I suppose there is something that uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a funny moment. Along yeah. the way. Again, another uh, funny moment in the writing, but yeah, it's good. <laughs> uh, it's been going on since the '80s. Uh, anyway, so I love it. I think it's great to sort of it allows for a possibility of sort of slow down, stop, and look around. And uh, it's a bit like as I equated it to the uh, Groundhog Day of it, which is uh, you know this this element of fantasy that is designed to get somebody on course and he says you know the the signpost even shows uh you know i see people and help and i try and help them um i yeah, think I it's think, really uh, great and I, and I like the way that they continue to to kind of come back to it and how seeks his approval in some ways the the and is happy when things happen and so forth i i just think it's it's a clever way to to get into this side of the story and we're about 20 minutes in and i i find myself as you're saying uh connected to it and accepting of it but I found uh, I found it again really moving. I think as the, I think as it's, the story goes through goes on. I think it's because it's li- it links the whole thing to the to the romance, which I already said I'm not really give two Fair. shits about a lot. And I think yeah. for Groundhog Day, I was completely on board with the whole oh the day goes over so much that I um I edge of tomorrow like oh yeah this has happened before it's like the you know edge of tomorrow is just like Groundhog Day 
with a little bit of sure, violence. Similar, and, uh, si- similar in, yep. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so I mean, I'm not ex- sort of against the mystical. I, I think it's maybe what it stands for or the role it plays in the plot. And I think, yeah, I fair. mean, Bill Murray just being a crusty guy and then you, and that's the vehicle that has him slowly changed over time. Anyways, we're not here to talk about Groundhog Day. It's, it's, it's on a, uh, I don't want to say it's on a short list, but it is on a list. I guess we kind of missed our opportunity. Yeah, we just weeks, passed couple. it, yes. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, save it for next year maybe. But, um, yeah, I think that's the main reason. It's because it's the whole that's hug fair. me really like, uh, like, I'm not with the romance. I'm just waiting for the, the funny – I thought it was really well written, and I, I liked the jokes that they were doing. So I was just mm-hmm. really kind of uh, uh, hooked on that stuff. Yeah, for sure. I mean, little things like, you know, the, the joke is that nobody drives in L.A. and the next scene is him driving to his best friend's house, literally one house over, uh, I think yes. is, is a funny California thing. I also like the mm-hmm. fruit juices, all the sort of, oh, this is my new concoction, whatever else. Did you notice that when he dumps it into the plant that uh, a little later on his, her roommate comes out and says, what happened to my plant? Uh, oh, you know, no, I missed it, that. Did yeah, it grow? You might have. No, yeah. it died. <laughs> because oh. he poured the the roommate's yeah, yeah, drink that. that he's disgusted by. Yeah. He pours it into the into the plant. <laughs> Kills the plant. And then like and then like forty minutes later into the movie, he goes back to the house and the roommate's like, What happened to my plant? And it's yeah, dead it's okay. because of the, the drink. Makes sense. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure why you think I would have missed that. I kind of take that personally, but maybe I've uh, I've earned that remark. It's very it's subtle. Not, it's very uh, subtle. It's behind. Uh, uh, you know, it doesn't make uh, a meal out of it. Uh, I'll take it on the chin. I, which, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Obviously, at the end of the day, you're probably right. But uh, it's just funny. I'm 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 actually watering plants for the neighbor right now. Just so that's funny oh, coincidence. Very yeah. good neighborly act of you. I think there's two that already died. I don't know why. I, I oh, watered no. them. I don't know if it's see. I don't know if it's too much or not enough. So, and I don't know how to correct it. if it's too much. I don't want to do too much again if it's not enough. You know. So it's a. Uh, but I sure. think hopefully well, you it'll can make test it through. the soil. You can test the soil if you can press it. If it's wet, it's not. Uh, you don't need another okay. top up. All um, right. Or it's not too late. Maybe you can buy another one. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Like a goldfish. You're right. That's Replace right. Place the plant. I liked. Uh, what are your thoughts on the uh, the tour of L.A. Uh, I thought there were some really good jokes in that when he, he's, when she says something like, oh, there's the first 20 minutes, but this is where you get jokes like uh, the Tudor mansion and a four-door mansion. And, uh, yeah, and that's where the every... balls. This yeah, yeah, again, little things like that I thought uh, were, were just kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, I don't find every, like, again, generally I think the writing is really good and then it has uh, some good choices. And uh, a couple that I noted to me were, yes, uh, Beethoven's balls I thought was funny. And uh, my favorite one was, yeah, some of these houses are uh, 20 years old. 20 implying years that, old. <laughs> yeah, implying that that's old for a house. And me coming from a country and being well aware of old England and things like that, and old houses, I just thought uh, uh, that was funny. So, yeah, I, I appreciate those moments. Yeah, when I was in Vancouver, there was a lot of that, like, every – there was a lot of tear down and rebuild new stuff. And so uh, that joke kind of made me, made me chuckle even more a, a little bit in that context as well. Mm-hmm. Um, have have you considered ever spelling your name big D small A big V big E? Again, that's hilarious because he just Isn't talked about ridiculous? the simplicity of it, <laughs> and and, yeah. and 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 her character doesn't seem necessarily that she would maybe have a weird spelling, but at the same time, once she started doing it, I think yeah, okay, that makes sense, and I just yeah. think yeah, that's just hilarious. The capital letters. The double E, uh, everything. Star it's at the funny. end. It's yeah, it's, no, that I love. That was one of my favorite moments, and I love how the her boyfriend is just <laughs> over there looking like like why? Yeah, that's like a great a, scene. He looks so sad. Like a voyeur. So yeah, <laughs> it's just. Uh, but this movie does so great is just a, it does a lot of little things, and all those yeah. little things just add up and just uh, just really add to the overall enjoyment of the movie, and really for me makes the movie. Uh, all these little, all these little moments. Well, sure. Like another one I I love is uh, the ATM, where you've got a two oh, lineups. Bob the robber. Is, <laughs> yeah. The, the lineup of the people taking the money out and the lineup of robbers and that everything are both working in unison. I think is just yeah. a really funny, silly, goofy, uh, hilarious yeah. conceit of a joke. Like, it's hilarious. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm Bob, and I'll be your robber. 
That's right. Oh, thank you. Here you go. And they don't even miss yeah. a beat. It's like the earthquake joke, right? Like it's happening yeah. and everyone accepts that it's happening and they just move on. I think that all of the jokes in this movie that are in that sort of vein, I think are, are perfection in terms of funny, yeah. clever, uh, subtle, but yet uh, h- hilarious kind of jokes. Absolutely. Do do we want to give to, because I'm just looking at my order of notes, so I don't want to make sure. Do you want to give a moment to Rick Moranis? Uh, we can, of course. Wayne Selinsky uh, himself. <laughs> I thought he did a really good accent. I thought he was great. I thought yeah, he was great. Another Hamlet type of reference. Yeah, I don't I don't think that there's anything incredibly funny about the scene, really. Uh, a little bit around the skull, I guess, was, was clever, but... Uh, it's just nice. It to used see to him. be a woman. Now they're dead. dead. Hilarious. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, anyways, I just nice to see. Rick yeah, I think he's great. It's a nice little cameo. We talked a little bit about the cameos earlier, uh, but yeah, this is a great one, and it's a, it's a real scene. They at the time, I think, were probably either had just done or were about to do My Blue Heaven, uh, and okay. uh, they both were uh, they both were in that movie. So, um, anyway, but yeah, it's uh, it's a great little scene. I like it, and it also to me solidifies he and Victoria Tennant's character because this is part of their tour and um, she knows the great Blunderman as well so there's some sort of connection to them um, so I, I think it solidifies oh, yes. that relationship a little bit more the as magician. well. The magician. The great right. Blunderman. God bless him. Yeah, taught him magic. Um, <laughs> have you ever so had an I, animal? I like that. <laughs> I have not, although I've been excited to get one. Somebody mentioned it to me that they had one that you should get one. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Okay, that's just kind of a personal thing to say. Sure. Well, yeah. you know, you're over forty. You got to get those colonoscopies, and best way to. Well, she, maybe she was hinting. The, I mean, this the woman that said it to me is in her young, early twenties. Okay. And she's saying how how she got one, and I'm thinking, is, are she hinting that I should that I'm old and I should get one, or? That's probably what know. it was. Or is this a really weird case of flirtation? I don't know. <laughs> And af- after watching this movie, I'm thinking, is this woman flirting with me? Because it may be. She maybe she's. Uh, how do you Doesn't spell matter. her name? <laughs> no, <laughs> does start with an S, but uh, that's it. Okay. Uh, maybe I should have get clear out those guts, but uh, absolutely. Uh, For someone who's so concerned about things like that, uh, I think it's probably a good idea to get a colonic, and mm-hmm. an enema, and the whole thing. The whole yeah, the whole package. Mm-hmm. Yep, the whole kitten whole caboodle, package. if you will. Yeah, well, uh, well that's... Uh, <laughs> we kind of alluded to the, the reveal of the affair. Uh, yes. That, I think, I is another that. great scene where he says, <laughs> this is how you. This is how I find out? Yeah. You tell I was me? kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, just and how disgusted he is that it goes on to, since the 80s. The timing. I've had been having sex with my agent and then pause, for, and yeah. then it's like for three years. And it's just the timing of it is just perfect. Yeah, and it's great too because he he then says, you know, we were out, and he's so upset after you made love after you know he's so feigning such such disgust, and then she says we went to the Hard Rock, and then his face drops, and it's oh wh- what time right because he knows he was out with Sandy, so there's there's yeah. a great physical comedy that's again very subtle, but I think is just played for such uh, is so hilarious in the in the playing it's I love it. As you should. What I really like about that, in the end of that scene, is him kind of solemnly walking down the stairs. Oh, yeah, he's happy. And then turning it into dancing. I thought that was a scene I really love, and he's he just has to get excited, and he has to tell someone who better than a street sign. I think it's it's uh, <laughs> yes, it makes the yes. most sense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and talks about how the weather will change his life twice. Uh, which I think is really great. What are your thoughts? This is one of my favorite scenes. Is the let's go to see Lydio, which of course is idiot in French, uh, and another <laughs> yes. another uh, what's his name? Patrick Stewart. Cammy, yes. What are your thoughts on this scene? I love this scene. But what do you, what do you? Got? They 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 went with it and they went all the way. So if you're if you're gonna do it, if you're gonna sell it, sell it. And uh, I think it works for the most part. It uh, I think it's solid. Uh, I think it really, you know, <laughs> it sound like it sounds like you just finished uh, the first period of a hockey game. They went out there. We gave. We did 110 <laughs> percent. They went. They saw it all the way to the yeah. end. And yeah. uh, I think it's good. Yeah, solid. Yeah, yeah. and you get <laughs> okay. uh, and you get chicken. You can have chicken, Phil. You can have chicken. 
but I, I can't, I, you know, I can't tell her what she can have or can't have. And, uh, and Patrick Stewart's great. Always, you uh, can urge her in a particular direction. Yes, I love it. I love I, that you have to deliver your financial statements. I wrote a short story years and years and years ago about the future of dating and the principle I had. This was before the internet, where obviously it was all different. But in my head, it was that you would have to go on like a first date and you would do it with financial statements. You'd get like letters of reference from ex girlfriends or boyfriends sure, yeah, to say yeah. like they uh, they're a good kisser or they're yeah. you know uh, they're they're good good to sex or they've got this or they've got that or their money here's their here's a financial statement and yeah you know, do they rent or own all of these things I, that was you know a long time ago but I, I think about that when I watch this scene where he talks about you think with a financial statement like this you can have the duck what are you crazy yeah, that's a exactly. it's really really funny to me and. Uh, Pays off a little later, too. Yeah. With uh, Chevy Chase, uh, part of the new cruelty. (laughs) Yeah, he shows up for five seconds. Yeah, yeah. His fellow amigo. uh, Yes. The Three Amigos, a couple years later. uh, Also written by Steve Martin. That's right. And Lorne Michaels as well. Yeah. Little Lorne. Yeah. Uh, so we get to the art scene. I was telling you this. Uh, this is that sort of really funny moment where he's sort of describing it, and and uh, it's almost filthy the way he's caressing her and so forth. And obviously, it's just a red painting that that you know doesn't really exist. But they do talk about the uh, where he gets to say like, I don't know who I uh, like. Uh, her his friend just calls him out on being so almost obnoxious, right? Like he's, uh, I, I this is the girl I was telling you about. I can't believe it. I'm done. You know. Uh, but I, I really like Richard E. Grant in this scene. We kind of introduced him more uh, more seriously here, and he just laughs Next at everything husband. Richard that exactly. But it just laughs at everything Steve Martin says. And Steve Martin at some point goes, "This guy loves me." Like there's something kind of throwaway about <laughs> that that you wouldn't expect in a movie. I at least wouldn't expect in a movie, a sitcom maybe, but but not in a movie. I, I thought uh, that the interplay between the four of them I thought were really really funny. And then they of course they're best friends, and that's where it happens. Well, well sure, best it's friends, his best right? friend exactly. Yeah. Uh, I do like that um, she plays the tuba I just want to make a quick note of some comparisons to movies we've done lately last week we talked with Untouchables there's a lot of brass so it was nice to see uh, uh, a little bit more brass I would say and um, a couple weeks ago we did Buddy Holly's story with some roller skating and we uh, we have some more roller skating through the performance arts through the art gallery so I thought that was, uh, you know, just a connect. A lot of, a a lot of connective movies. tissue there. Well done. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I figured that's why. Uh, I figured that's why you picked the movie, but I, I was Very wrong. Close. But Very close. Yeah, it was close. The roller skating, yeah. roller skating theme, that I was going for. <laughs> uh, at this point, the uh, the car. This is the car scene where it sort of comes alive, and they're they're yes, resisting. They're open. fighting their this attraction. They're fighting this desire. Let's say to be together, and the car to happens. Decide. I Take again. I just think yep. this re- this is really really cute uh, in a way. I find it very very charming. Maybe that's the best word for it. It's charming. Uh, the, yeah, the choices that are that. made in this movie and watching this and he's trying to wrestle with her and he's she's like I don't know what's going on and he says I think I get it. Let's just get in the car and he, we've already alluded to this. You know, let your mind go and and your body will follow. She's already told that story. Uh, the street sign uh, at the time that they get there flashes it on the screen as well um and kiss her you fool and this and that there's there's this connective tissue that i really like and i think it's very sweet and charming i like and charming exactly now they get into a fight the next <laughs> they're trying to make the next date they're trying to make a plan and yeah kind of get into yeah. a fight uh, yeah. and they get full service at the <laughs> at the gas station which again it's so absurd but it, it makes me chuckle this uh they're changing tires. They're like a, you're like at a pit stop. <laughs> like a, a, yeah, F one. Exactly, yeah. I, I think it's really really funny to me. Um, yeah. Now the the dinner scene is another one where I find myself, frankly, almost overcome with emotion. This sequence, from the dinner all the way through, uh, to sort of walking through the 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 park, are scenes that I I cannot tell you why I get so moved by this scene but i think it's a confluence of the score uh, in a little bit of enya in there as well um, yes yes enya absolutely uh which i think is just a beautiful kind of bit of business uh and them going out to the get some fresh air 
at the most boring dinner party you could imagine. But getting the fresh air, mm-hmm. pulling her close, he now reiterating the let your mind go a bit. They basically have sex on the in the park and go back yeah, in. Yeah, they do. And yes. they're obviously disheveled. And <laughs> she says, do you feel better? And <laughs> absolutely, I do. Yeah. Uh, and then they're leaving, though, and they're trying to. And he talks about how he – it's it's just – I'm telling you, I get emotional even thinking about it. They kind of have this moment and they're talking about uh, wonderful, wonderful. He talks about just how he's like, I'm, I'm sitting there talking and I'm having this conversation, the kind of chit chat that you have after such an event, you know, having kind of, you know, this random public sex. He says, but all I kept thinking about was wonderful, 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 yet again, wonderful and most wonderful. I, I, I just think there's an encapsulation of, love of connectivity of romance of kindness of sweetness and desire in some ways that's summarized in that it just felt very very warm and every time i watch it including when they're they're sort of walking soon thereafter as children they kind of walk down and the lions you know almost bow to them that whole sequence is i think just so incredibly moving to me and so beautiful and so sweet and charming as an example uh that i find myself almost near tears i think it's such a beautiful encapsulation of love uh much like i talked about with uh, pleasantville um the scene kind of driving up to lover's lane going from black and white to color there's that sort of tipping point of love is overcome and i do get that same kind of um almost like goose goosebumps when watching this scene i don't know if you had any similar experiences? Obviously, you didn't care at all about the romance. No, so no. It probably didn't matter at all. But uh, this is no. a scene for me that just uh, stands out as being really, really romantic and sweet. Yeah, it did absolutely nothing for me. And I'm not surprised that their real life marriage only lasted eight years. Okay. Um, I there didn't, we have it. I didn't feel, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't feel the chemistry. I never felt that the, anything they were doing was long lasting. Uh, love, which in ninety six percent of love at first sight cases don't last. Um, actually, I don't know the real numbers. I hope it's higher than that. Uh, I am, you know, me. I'm a, a romantic. Clearly, <laughs> clearly, but, you've expressed none of that in this podcast in three years yeah, of podcasting. But, but uh, I'm sure deep but, down it's there. Deep down, very deep. But yeah, this whole section of the movie, I wasn't. Uh, yeah, I wasn't. Re- I can barely even remember it because it didn't really uh, sink in with me. Um, but yeah, all right. I'm glad well, I'm, we're I'm on glad, vacation. I'm glad you did. Yeah, vacation, and uh, yeah, I can certainly. I love vacations, and I love the things that happen on vacations. Um, especially if you're doing it out of spite. This is a spite <laughs> vacation. Uh, I love that Sarah Jessica. I love that he's honest with Sarah Jessica Parker's character Sandy, and yes. uh, she's like, "Sure, what the hell? Um, let's go." And yeah, she's uh, like, "We had this plan too, so." Let's go do it. Who cares? You know. Yeah, it's, and, uh, it's tomorrow's and then, a, and then we get a cameo of Mel Gibson. So, uh, Mel Gibson, exactly. I, at first, I wondered. I couldn't. I, I remembered <laughs> that there was a face, but I could never remember who it was. And then when I saw it again, I was like, "Oh shit, that's Mel Gibson." Yeah, yeah. that's a young, very young Mel Gibson. That uh, very young. Yes. That three out of four of them thought about <laughs> during sex. Yeah, I thought that was a really funny joke too. Uh, I like when they're on the beach and they're kind of fighting again. That similar, there he says to her like, oh, "We're so close to it." Like you know, don't push away, right? Which is what I've been known to do at times as well. A little self defeating, a little yeah. self destruction. Yes, uh, trying to help you that, but you get something close to to great, and and you're trying to fo- kind of find ways or means to not be in it. To, she to says, "I didn't want complications. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with this." So forth. No lies. Something that and this is that a, can't be yeah. connected. You know, we we can't hide it. You know, we 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 can't fight it. Um, but we want to, so I really like that scene, and, and I just—it's something again—the earnestness of, of we're so close to it. Like, just don't. Um, I know certainly at the uh, end of, you know, my last relationship, there was a little bit of that in there. Like, we're so close to being where we need to be. You know, maybe we don't, don't give it up. You know, kind of thing. But in the end, mm-hmm. we did. Um, yeah, well, that worked out okay. <laughs> that's right. But I also like when he talks about how. She's like, what would it, what would, how would it work? What would we do? And he says, you know, if I had the, you know, take it easy for a couple of days and then yeah. marriage and kids and long life and death. And 
He says, if I had the power on the day you would leave, I would I would turn mm-hmm. the winds around and change the polarity of the Earth's uh, gravity and all this stuff so that you couldn't go. It's a bit of a foretelling, a foreshadowing, which I really like. And yeah. Uh, yeah. we don't know it, obviously, at the time. Don't we, though? You didn't see, you didn't connect, you didn't think that foreshadowing was going to be something? You well, thought there was I just words, maybe Philip? I maybe I did. I, I can't remember you exactly. Did. I didn't. I didn't. I'm just kidding. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> Um, but I like it. I like that um, that he is then later kind of trying to fight for her to stay. At this point, she's committed to leaving, and to he London. sort of shows up. Yeah. Sh- exactly, go back home. He shows up at the apartment, begging her, and like, let's let's. Just, I know there's something I could say or do to make you stay. So let's let's just pretend that like I said it. Um, there's something kind of fun about that. About his poetry, O Pointy Bird. Uh, I just I kind of like the desperation of it, and I think it's kind of humorous. But I also like that she goes anyway, and it doesn't matter uh, that she still gets on the plane. And I do like yeah, the yeah. sort of summary of that scene is um, something that I think is I always felt was fairly profound for what it is, which is uh, you know we don't always recognize when love begins, but we always know when it ends, um, and that's something that I found uh, poignant and. Uh, quite evocative when well, watching not well, just this time but every time well you know when it begins it begins when you're in a trunk together that's right that's true that's Actually, when it begins and, and yes so had now i've made my feelings clear about how i felt about the romance in this movie had they begun in a trunk then maybe i'm on board with it philip but they they didn't so you know there it is uh, <laughs> hard pressed sometimes yeah <laughs> so I, I love how Sarah Jessica Parker is just jumping up and down on the beach by the way oh yeah she's got it's, no no cares in the world yeah. this one she's no, just A-okay very, care, very carefree very carefree <laughs> doing cartwheels and whatever else yeah, yeah oh the yeah the world's her oyster the world's her oyster it's great it's a great yeah. character though and it's it's not a bad trait no really I think it's, it's just like you're just above everything you don't have to get too bogged yeah. down with anything I think it's wonderful I wish exactly. uh, sometimes I could live in that space likewise um, but we get the scene where now it, it does pay off all the weather is starting to to yeah. turn he's a weatherman plane, that uh, the score the Enya songs are kind of coming in we're watching the Enya. fog roll in it's such a good mm-hmm. good, good score um, and she ends up back at his house in the rain and it's I, I guess I'm most of the time I would say ninety percent of the times I've seen this movie I'm crying by this point. I just think it's so beautiful the way that this this stuff is presented and things like, um, you know, he says at the end like almost in in spite of everything that you've seen, which is all the silliness, all of the goofiness, the Mozart balls and the Tudor mansion and driving on the sidewalks and roller skating and the Museum of Art and yada yada yada. He's basically says like remember these two things uh remember only this a kiss may not be the truth but it is what we wish were true is mm-hmm. incredible i just there's something about that i find incredibly sweet and very very touching and furthermore the uh there's someone for everyone even if you need a pick pick ass compass uh, night goggles to find them when i was 12 years old i was always a pretty sad kid and lonely and as i got oh. older these kinds of lines uh i find very um telling uh i still connect mm-hmm. to them in different ways obviously many years later and after having many relationships and so forth but at the time you know 12 year old kid feeling like you're never gonna find somebody you're too old you're too fat you're too young you're too skinny you're too this you're too that you're too this to 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 really make a connection with somebody um so you're too young that's not a bad problem to have i guess well who knows maybe you're, you're maybe you're just too young i don't know those are all things oh, that, yeah, absolutely. that are, uh, I think, that I've felt at a number of different times in my life. And so even though it's a movie, it's it's it delivers its, sign, its lines with such earnestness. And because I know a bit of the backstory, it's written, as I said, for his wife. There's a connection to that line and others that I, I just love. And he says, uh, remember this also, that, you know, remember tonight. Uh, and remember that love does exist even in the heart of L.A. So... I just think this movie is magical and it's beautiful and it's it's one of the most romantic sweet movies that I own and I am filled with love and joy when I watch it. Um, the funny stuff is funny. 
but the things I'm connecting with, even from a young, young age, were the um, the romantic pieces of it. And I think this movie delivers that stuff uh, as good as any other romantic movie I've ever seen. Frankly, it's 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 in that pantheon. So um, I'm happy to uh, have brought you along, David. What are your uh, kind of final thoughts or summations on those last few scenes? And and uh, at any point, uh, were you uh, into any part of the romantic side now as it wraps up? Uh, no, not at all. Uh, I, and I knew there was a problem with it when I when Enya came on. Like I like Enya. I've I've yep. I've I've listened to Enya, and I'm saying to myself, this is not fit. This okay. is not what I'm getting from this movie. I'm like, oh, this is just weird to me. So I knew right then and there that I had not ever connected to the romance and and wasn't going to now. Uh, had I earlier, like you did, I would have. I'm sure. I don't. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm happy you did. Now, sure. when I, when I think about when you said that this is you know a romantic as movie as I have on my shelf, I'm a guy who's watched Notebook and I cry in Notebook. James Garner makes me ball, mm-hmm. the bastard. And so I'm not. It's not like I don't like romantic movies. I just think I like romantic movies that are designed to be that specifically, where. Okay. Uh, this mix for whatever reason just didn't do it for me. I didn't, the blend of it in this, uh, again, I didn't really, I, I couldn't figure out why she even likes him at any point in the movie. Uh, I can understand why he likes her, and that's because, well, she's an attractive woman, <laughs> so that's 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 fine. That I get. Uh, so I think that's the issue I had I had with it. But luckily, I I was enjoying the other elements of the movie. To, to to say that I I thought it was a good movie and certainly worth the watch, but uh, that last you know ten ten minutes or so, I was just Nothing. sort of just waiting it for it to kind of wrap up. Ah, okay. Unfortunately, that's yeah. okay. That so, uh, uh, brings us to our wrap up. Here we are, uh, another episode down. Uh, thank you once again for joining us, listeners. Uh, we do appreciate it, and uh, we would appreciate it even more, of course, if you could. Uh, Rate the podcast five stars on your podcatcher of choice and certainly tell your friends. Share the podcast on any means and medium you like. Uh, through, uh, you know, we thought of actually renting out a signpost uh, to advertise, <laughs> but I don't know if uh, I don't know if it's in uh, our budget. Maybe we, once we no, get the Patreon, yeah, maybe once we get the Patreon, we'll make it. Yeah, happen. we're very tight right now. Yeah, yeah. very uh, tight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you, folks, for listening. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>